Okay, just hit the start recording button. Three, two, one. Welcome everyone to episode 114 of the NBA podcast. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, as you were probably aware, if you were on Twitter Thursday, the NBA trade deadline got pretty damn out of control there for the last couple hours. So we will discuss all of the major deals that went down and uh, look ahead to see how the teams will move forward going into the rest of the season and the playoffs. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Greetings from London, Mort. How's it going? Hey, Brad. It's going well. Apologies for potentially uh, some bad audio quality. I did not bring my Yeti or my usual setup, which would be difficult because I'm running on a two-monitor system. So I thought, yeah, that would probably be a little bit weird. So if you hear noises in the background simply because my my family is here and, and... there's dinner going on and stuff like that, but I mean, I couldn't leave you hanging, dude. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you carving out the time, and more importantly, uh, tell your family that I appreciate them giving you up for an hour. We will try to run through all of this madness as quickly as possible. Yeah, don't worry. It's it's uh, it, I, they appreciate you. It's me that they're not big fans of right now. <laughs> like, I we came into London yesterday, and immediately right off the bat, just coming in. I start. I recorded like a two-hour live stream, or more than that. Honestly, I have a problem, Brian. I have a I have a genuine problem. So I mean, you know, heading into usually like the night before the deadline, we start getting some leaks of like deals that are on the five-yard line. There was none of that. Like up until about mm-hmm. eleven a.m. Eastern time, it seemed like it was going to be a pretty quiet deadline. Like I was, I spent yesterday morning just watching. NFL Network because the Philadelphia Eagles had their Super Bowl parade yesterday. I thought I was just going to get to enjoy that. And then, boom, out of nowhere, we start getting trades really thanks to one franchise. Um, and it just it escalated so quickly from there. So let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Mort, who are mm-hmm. completely unrecognizable at this point in time. Uh, I'm just going to read out the players that went out and that are coming in, and then we can discuss the trades uh, in totality if you want, or we can break down the individual moves. So they sent to the Lakers, they sent Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, and their own first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. They then sent out Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, and Iman Shumpert in a three-team deal to get George Hill from the Sacramento Kings and Rodney Hood from the Utah Jazz. They also sent Dwayne Wade back to the Miami Heat for a heavily protected future second-round pick. Mm. So it's a lot to break down. Uh, more first, where, where, first of all, when you landed in London, how many of the Cavaliers were still on their current team? Like, did you check Twitter and just was it just on fire? No, actually, my timing was perfect. I, this is crazy. So. We were, I was actually struggling to get online initially because I'm not great with, you know, phone carriers and their rules. Mm-hmm. So apparently I did something wrong. Oh, no. And I, I got internet and like literally the moment we stepped in the door and we were looking around, 
uh, I have notifications on for Roach and, and the rest of the guys. Something broke down. Like, oh, feel. Like, I I was still wearing my coat. I had <laughs> a, a bag in my hand. And I just dropped everything and went on to Facebook, like to 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 post something and reply on something on Twitter. Um, so so yeah, uh, pretty sure that I'm I'm in for a pretty brutal divorce a couple of days. <laughs> That's fair. We'll both <laughs> be single by yeah. the end of the week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The trade deadline season is is not good for married couples. No, it really. Nope. Yeah, nope. yeah. Between the Super Bowl and this, I am on the the precipice. I, I'm going to have to make it up for a good Valentine's Day next week. But that oh, is neither here yeah. nor there. Uh, so more, I guess. First question is, how do you like these new look caps? I mean, I kind of like that Cleveland took the uh, the control back. Mm-hmm. It's what I want to say because mm-hmm. they went younger. They definitely went younger. They did get George Hill, who's not young. Right. So they're still kind of flirting with the idea of being competitive. However, they, they clearly were trying to build something for the future. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know people will say, well, then why give up the 2018 pick? Mm, well, that's just part of it. I mean, they did not give up the Brooklyn pick instead, which is the most right. essential thing they have. So. Yeah. And Jordan Clarkson is like 25. Larry Nance is fairly young. Mm-hmm. So they got some talent injection and Rocky Hood, obviously, as well. They're preparing for a life without LeBron. And I think what they what happened yesterday kind of cements that LeBron is not coming back. I think they're trying to like do right by him by getting George Hill and going, you know what, all right, we, we downgraded talent-wise. However, we really got some young pieces back maybe they can do something if not so be it you can leave we can we can definitely look you in the eye and say we tried and then when he leaves it's all about the future i think that's really how it is um not that i necessarily agree that that the Cavs should have gone this route because i mean well that's saying too much i, I do think they should have gone this route but i think the way they went about it like doing it at the trade deadline was maybe a little bit ill ill wise they should have done it Previously, they should have mm-hmm. done something different than go after a 35 or 36 year old Dwayne Wade yeah, right, in the right. summer. So I don't know. It uh, they finally got it right, but now it's just too late to to pair that with LeBron. I think because I think he's gone. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, yeah, they needed this because the talent or not the talent, sorry, the chemistry was just so bad, so bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it was very obvious. Neither one of us is near the Cleveland locker room by any means, it's very obvious from afar that that team was just a toxic mess of chemistry. And they really yeah. like shout out to Kobe Altman, the Cavs GM for recognizing that that Ooh. team was, it was, I think he used the phrase death March. Like they were, <laughs> you know, it, they were done. They were not, yeah. they, you know, they, they recently brushed off concerns about whether they were going to even make the playoffs they lost, they blew a 20 point lead against the Orlando Magic. Like that team mm. was cooked. They, I mean, yeah, LeBron like basically single handedly led to them to a win over the Timberwolves on Wednesday. But like they, they, they just, I mean, they were, they hated each other and it was visible on the court. Like oh. they, they didn't give a damn on defense. Isaiah Thomas, after every game, just like met with reporters to like gripe more about something. One day it was the Cavs don't make adjustments. The next day it's the Cavs don't play hard. The next day it's 
well, why are you blaming me, me for the crappy defense? Like the defenses suck for right. So, I mean, it, it's it's a testament to Altman that he recognized Isaiah Thomas needed to leave. Like they needed to get him in particular out of that locker room. I don't think anyone has like gone on the record and said LeBron hates Isaiah Thomas, but I'm pretty sure LeBron hates Isaiah Thomas and it became evident once he got back on the court. Like I I wrote a quick thing about the whole trade for B-ball breakdown yesterday. And one of the things I realized was Isaiah Thomas, when they were on the, when he was on the court, the Cavs are giving up almost 119 points per 100 possessions. <laughs> like yeah. that that's not only the worst mark in the league, that's the worst mark in the league by almost 10 points. I think actually yeah. by nine points, like they were atrocious. And yeah, I mean, you know, giving up on the guy who was like the headliner for your Kyrie Irving trade six months ago, the optics are not great, obviously. Like now... Now it's very as if it wasn't obvious already who won that trade. Boston, at least for now, won that trade. We'll see what happens in a couple of years with Kyrie when he's up for a contract extension or a new contract, I should say. But for for the this year and next year, Boston wins that trade. The end. Story's over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cleveland and the Lakers won the trade yesterday. Yeah. I mean yes, we'll we'll get to the Lakers shortly. Um but to, to your point about, like, I agree completely that this was a move made with the future in mind, made with the idea that, hey, LeBron James very well might leave in July. So let's, like, let's get some young talent in. I mean, Larry Nance Jr. is going to be a great fit there, um, especially with Kevin Lovehurt. They just needed a big man. Clarkson mm. is, he's fine. Like, he's not a great player by any means. But frankly, he's, I mean... I would argue he's probably an upgrade over the version of Isaiah Thomas that was playing this year. Like, yes, at, he is. at Thomas's peak, of course he's a far better player, but we haven't, I mean, Thomas has been back for a month and we haven't seen anything close to his peak. They've been awful on both ends of the court with him. So you mentioned, you know, how this is kind of like a talent downgrade for the Cavs. I'm not convinced that it is. Like, I kind of think they might be more competitive now, both in the short term and the long term. Again, like, based on their reputation, like, I, you know, Dwayne Wade is a future Hall of Famer. Derrick Rose is a former MVP. Isaiah Thomas finished, what, like, fifth in MVP voting last yeah. year. Jay Crowder is an all-defense. Like, all of those guys have much higher ceilings than anyone they brought in yesterday. But we haven't seen yeah. the ceiling of those players this year. Like, they've all been much closer to their floors. Whereas a Rodney Hood could, I could easily see him coming off the bench and giving them like a legit six man scoring presence that they've lacked. I mean, Kyle Korver is a great catch and shoot threat, but like Rodney Hood can create on his own. George Hill and Jordan Clarkson, both, you know, they have both of those guys are better than any point guard they had on their roster prior to yesterday. Like with all due respect to Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, the version of Isaiah Thomas is playing this year is worse than both George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's because of the perception of, the, as you mentioned, the ceiling of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't expect Isaiah Thomas to be this bad. Right. I, I think he. I think he's going to get better. Yep. The, I mean, the kid coming back from a long-term injury is going to take some time. Sure. 
But having said that, I also don't expect him to go back to the 30-point ways, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Jay Crowder has a better level than what he showed. Mm -hmm. And I think he was just a victim of bad chemistry and a ill-fitted roster. But so so if let me then rephrase it: if the lake the acquisition of like the Lakers guys and Rodney Hood step up to the point where they outproduce what went out of Cleveland, mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily surprise me either. I could see it happening. Yeah. At this point, I just I, I'm looking at team and I'm just I'm not seeing like any anything that was solved defensively. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm not seeing you know that they made a huge dent in their holes, like completely filled those things out. Sure. I will say this, however, regarding Jordan Clarkson, because the reaction I got as well, just as you did, was, eh, meh, he's okay, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Can, can we just, like, look at his numbers on a permanent basis yeah. as opposed to the raw stuff? Like, yeah. he's, he's pretty much in line with his career numbers, but he's doing it in, like, five or six less minutes than he usually does. When he's in... Like he's averaging a career high in assists and scoring. His turnovers are barely up, like on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. He's getting to the line a little bit more than he did the last two years. He's got a career high in PER. He's got a career high in true shooting percentage. I mean, a career high. Oh no, sorry. His rookie season, he played a lot of point guards, so his assist percentage is the second highest of his career. So we're seeing him kind of become more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he's like. He's got a lot of potential left. He's 25, so I think he's kind of reached like 85 to 90 percent of his potential. But that still means that there's a little bit left that could be squeezed out of him, and that's not insignificant for the Cavs' future. So I kind of dig the Clarkson uh, acquisition, especially. Mm-hmm. You and I've spoken about Rodney Hood at length. Yep. Like he's got severe limitations, but as a scorer, obviously, like he's a huge asset. Yeah. So. But but here's what left me like a little bit concerned was the Cavs were primarily or solely I should say a offensive oriented team. Mm-hmm. After the trade, they are still a solely uh, or offensive oriented team. Like George Hill is a nice get defensively, but is he going to turn them into like a master defensive squad? <laughs> Probably not. Right, and the same goes for Nance. I mean, Nance is a good defender. He will give them. Versatility, versatility yeah. and flexibility, which is great. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, when Kevin Love returns, you're still going to have Kevin Love in your starting lineup, which complicates matters. I mean, their rotation now, though, if you think about let's, I, I don't think they've made any decisions about who's starting, who's going to the bench long term. But hypothetically, right. let's say it's George Hill, J.R. Smith, LeBron, Love, and Tristan Thompson as the starting lineup. You then have Clarkson, Hood, Nance, uh, Kyle Korver, Seti Oseman coming off the bench. Like that's a yeah. that rotation is better than what they were trotting out before. Oh, Tristan Thompson! I think they tried so bad to get out of that one. Right? Yeah, I would imagine. And we forgot yeah. to mention they now have two open roster spots as a result of all these moves. One of which they're going to use allegedly on Kendrick Perkins. So Kendrick Perkins is going to be back at the NBA. Six fouls to give. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like Joe, Joe Johnson, maybe. Yeah, I know. So yeah, there will be some buyouts coming soon. Um, it sounds like, as you mentioned, more Joe Johnson is probably nearing one right now with the Kings. Yeah. Derek Rose is not coming back. 
but he's going to get bought out. Tony Allen? Tony Allen just got bought out by the Bulls. Sounds like Marco Bellinelli from the Hawks is getting a buyout. Shabazz Muhammad was angling for one before the deadline. Like, who knows? I mean, Dwayne Dedman maybe could get one from the Hawks as well if if so requested. There might be... See, that would be interesting. Yeah, like there might be some pieces on the buyout market. I don't think it was a coincidence that Cleveland left two open roster spots, or I guess one now that... No. Joe Johnson or that uh, Kendrick Perkins is coming. Like they have their eyes on. Now, they're not done. Yeah, I, I think they're. But Kendrick Perkins. Well, though? I, I that seems to me like a chemistry thing more than. Chem- yeah right. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're adding him for on court value. I think they're adding him for like. No. Hey, our our locker room has malignant cancer in it for the last month. Let's let's be chem- uh, Kendrick Perkins is our chemotherapy. Let's knock it out. Oh, then they should get Mike Miller, too. Yeah. Mike yeah. Miller and Kendrick Perkins are just universally right. loved. Right, so. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the Cavs before we move on? Or I guess I should ask you this more as our Cavs wrap-up. Where do you see this new-look Cavs team? How do you see them comparing now to Boston and Toronto or even Golden State? I place them roughly in the same position I, as I did before, like in terms of results. Mm-hmm. Now you have a whole new team, more or less, that you have to mm-hmm. integrate. You have to. There's so many guys that have to learn the system. It, what What I really think is interesting is now we see what Tyron Lue is yeah. made of, because this, his job now is to incorporate a shit ton of new players into an existing offense around LeBron and make them efficient and and make that whole thing go. Mm-hmm. I I have my I've always had my mm-hmm. doubts about Lou. Mm-hmm. And I kind of obviously hope for the best for him. I always hope for the best for sure. coaches as well. Um, so I, I hope that he finds some sort of formula and proves to the organization and proves to the entire NBA that, you know what, hey, I'm just I'm not LeBron's puppet. I'm actually mm-hmm. a good coach. I'm Spo 2.0. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see how this Cavs team shakes out, if nothing else. I mean, I think we knew yeah. what was gonna happen to them if they stood pat this at least adds some intrigue for the rest of the season. So thank you to Kobe Altman and yeah. to the Cavs, or I guess to Dan Gilbert, <laughs> who is allegedly in charge of the entire organization now for yeah. at least spicing up the next two months. By the way, just just a shout out to Kobe Altman and, and a little bit of like a, a vote of confidence this way because <laughs> Bill Simmons uh, in a series of tweets just wrote the Cavs DM. Mm-hmm. Like, He's got a name, man. Oh, oh, so yeah. good on you, Kobe. I'll I'll use your name, Kobe <laughs> Altman. Yeah. Good on yeah. you. Uh, all right, boy. Let's go to the other side of things, the other teams that were involved in the Cavs' dealings yesterday. Yeah. We got to start with the Lakers because, obviously, yeah. they acquired Isaiah Thomas. I think there are two questions to come out of the Lakers' moves yesterday. Mm-hmm. One – Magic Johnson alluded to it openly in the press conference afterward. Getting out of Jordan Clarkson's contract means they are very close to having enough cap space to offer two full max contracts. They're not quite there yet. Right. I think they would have to, um, I mean, they're, they're not going to find a taker for Lou Aldenk's contract. So they would have to stretch him. Yep. But if they do that, I believe they have enough space to give LeBron a full 35% max right. and then someone like Paul George or DeMarcus Cousin a full 30. Right. So 
you know, we we have been laughing off the Lakers as potential, you know, this whole Paul George and LeBron are coming to LA plan. We've been laughing that off for a while now. Are you more nervous about that today? No, not not necessarily. <laughs> I do. Well, that's because you brought up specific names. I don't mm-hmm. know if those are the names that's going to come there, but they they did give themselves just a lot of flexibility, a yeah. lot of available cap space, so they can make moves. Whoever they decide to go after, they can now make a play for that guy, mm-hmm. and that's what it interests me. Whether it's LeBron, it's Paul George, the Marcus Cousins, whatever. I mean, they have options now. By the way, if it is LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. How bad do you feel if you're Isaiah Thomas right now? You're getting traded to the Lakers. Yep. You know they're angling for LeBron, a guy you just could not get along with. Yep. So you know that you're about to play on another team next year. Right. Again. Yeah. Without like he's getting dropped. Like he's remember his his constant remarks, you know, I'm gonna get the, all this money yeah, the in twenty eighteen. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And now he's just gonna be like he's gonna be like renounced. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's wild. That's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Life comes at you fast. When you get a serious hip injury and you're 29 and you already can't play defense, I guess so. And and 5'9". Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's... So I, I, I love it for, for the Lakers here. By the way, that 2018 first round pick. Yeah. Like I, that was I, – when I saw that was included, that, that was like the thing that did it for me. I know it's a late pick. But it doesn't matter. It's a cost control asset for four years. Right. That's huge. Yeah. And they've been very successful with late picks in recent years. I mean, they've gotten mm-hmm. uh they got Kuzma last year, Josh Hart, they got Nance. Right. Like all three of those right. guys were late first round picks who have outperformed their value significantly. And as you said, they Morton's a, well. a four year cost controlled contract. And that especially that late in the draft, it's like one million dollars a year. It's great. Especially, you know, if you're yep. if you're a, a Lakers team angling to get two max contract guys and you don't want to fall victim to the same thing that had plagued LeBron's Cavs both times in the Heat as well, you want to get young talent locked in on very cheap deals. Mm. That's the way to do it. These late first rounders are gold. Yep. They are. Uh so let's let's talk about Isaiah Moore. You brought him up already. Yeah. What happens with him? I mean, they. so I think two thoughts to guide this conversation. One, apparently uh, Rachel Nichols, who hosts The Jump on ESPN, had Ramona Shelburne, uh, who is an L.A.-based reporter for ESPN, on The Jump. They had the trade deadline special yesterday. And I guess Isaiah Thomas's agent texted Rachel Nichols, all caps, and said something like, Isaiah is not coming off the bench. And then Ramona Shelburne was like, oh, uh, okay, sure. Good luck with that. Because afterward, Magic Johnson confirmed, you know, Lonzo Ball is dealing with a sprained MCL in his knee. He's been out for a while. It sounds like he's probably going to be out through the All-Star break. But once he's healthy, Magic said Lonzo is still our starting point guard. So Rob Polinka, their GM, said that Lonzo and Isaiah can play together. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's where I'm at. Yeah. Like what, what do you think happens with, with Isaiah, not only for the rest of this year, but then this summer as well. I mean, we've all made fun of Lonzo's kind of weak offense, mm-hmm. but 
Like he's been good defensively. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think that if you 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 compare you pair Lonzo and Isaiah in the backcourt and you put KCP on the bench, mm-hmm. also because I don't think anyone expects KCP to return to the Lakers next year. Right. So if he gets a diminished role, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, I just kind of see that going down. And if they do bench Isaiah, oh my God, then we're in for so much more drama than we <laughs> might want, honestly. Um, but but I would be surprised to see, you know, it come off the bench. I really would if they because it's not a Lonzo uh, versus Isaiah Thomas situation to me. It's entirely a KCP situation. Mm-hmm. Like what do you do with him? He started all forty six games. Yeah. Now it, that's the call. Do you bench Contavious? Right. Yeah. So because because the minutes are going to be there. Like people were saying, oh, how how should Isaiah Thomas get minutes? Well, they you know Jordan Clarkson was traded the other way. So like. There are minutes that need to be absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. There, they they also said the. I think it was. I don't remember if it was Polinka or Johnson, but they said like Isaiah is going to play a lot of minutes. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it, like it basically exactly. doesn't matter if he starts or comes off the bench. He's like realistically probably mm-hmm. going to play thirty plus minutes a game, at least what they yeah. alluded to. Because yeah, I mean, KCP's he's currently third on the team with thirty two and a half minutes a game that's probably going to come down just because who knows what they, you know, if they want to bring him back next year, presumably not. Mm. Like ideally they don't want to bring him back. Cause if they do, that means they struck out on their top tier free agents. So, yeah, I mean, they, they might, they might want to see what they have in Isaiah and they might want to trot him out for a while to see, like I, I don't think they would sign him to a four or five year deal. I just don't think that's going to be out there for him at all, especially given mm. how poorly his time in Cleveland went. Like I, you know, if yeah. Kyle Lowry again, I keep going back to him, but like Kyle effing Lowry got a three year deal this past summer. Like if it, oh yeah, he's so much better. Right. Like if he's if he's settling for that, Isaiah, I don't think the Lakers would want to lock three years into him. But, like, if they strike out on LeBron and Paul George and blah, 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 maybe they just do what they did with KCP and give Isaiah, like, a one-year $25 million deal just to... Uh, I was just about to say that, yeah. yeah. And then see what happens. Like a change your Reddick deal. Right, yeah, because then you, you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're at least feigning competitiveness for the 2018-19 season. You're still keeping your sheets dry for 2019 when guys like Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson can all be free agents. You're yeah. kind of playing both sides of, well, we want, you know, we want to get develop our young guys and make them appealing to whatever free agents we can get. But we also right. don't want to lock in any money to an like a 30-year-old Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And look, who does? Right. I at this point, yeah. What do you think he gets in free agency? Because I mean, the Lakers are the only. I think I believe they inherit his bird rights now, so they can resign. Yeah, exceed the cap to resign him if they want to. Yeah. Uh, but so like, I actually gave this some thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, yeah, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. There's a number that keeps popping into my head. Like if he wants a long-term deal, I think there's a team out there that goes, okay, if you want to sign with us long-term, we can, but you're getting 8 million a year. Like the mid-level exception. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's it. I don't think anyone is going out there going, you know what? Damn it. Everything just went wrong for me. We've been leaving five, nine point guards who are about to get be, be 30 years old who doesn't play defense. Right. So here's 15 million a year for the next four yeah. years. I don't, I don't think that's out there. I think this is going to be like eight, maybe nine million if he wants a long-term deal. And here's the kicker. I don't even think he can get that all guaranteed. Yeah. I think if he signs a four-year deal for eight million a year, which is 32 mil total, I could totally see that fourth year be a complete team option or in so a very, very small percentage of that paycheck being guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I, I assume I could preface this whole conversation by saying this is not necessarily an indictment of Isaiah. This is more a reflection of where the market right. is. Like, yeah. And, and of course, like if he does not get healthy again, yeah. like that's the assumption. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. I mean, cause Lou Williams just signed an extension with the Clippers for three years, 8 million flat a year, which is less. The mid-level mm-hmm. exceptions ex- expected to be somewhere around 8.6 for the 2018, 19 yep. season. So it's slightly less, but that yep. Williams contract kind of opens your eyes and makes you realize like, shit, he's been playing really well. And you know, he, He's mm-hmm. locking himself in for less than the MLE. Like that's that's where the market is yep. this summer. We've been we've been saying this for months, and especially I feel like it's every episode recently, and we're probably going to say it every episode from now until July first. This is the market. Like the teams that have cap mm-hmm. space have point guards. They don't want to spend an exorbitant amount of money on Isaiah Thomas. Like yep. maybe if the Hawks get rid of Dennis Schroeder. Maybe, I guess, they could talk themselves into Isaiah Thomas bridging the gap. But, like, the Kings, mm. no. They have De'Aaron Fox, and they already had him. The Sixers, yeah. no. I, I mean, unless Markel Fultz's shoulder is just completely falls off. But even still, you have Ben Simmons. Orlando. Orlando, yeah, I guess so. But, like, yeah, if Isaiah just really wants to chase money and just doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. about... I mean, there goes any chance he has of winning a title. Like, he's going to have yeah. to choose between, do I take, you're right, probably the MLE with a competitive team, All right. or do I, you know, chase money and go to a crap team? Like, the Knicks, you know, they, they already have, they've got a, now, like, 15 point guards after trading for Emmanuel Moutier. It, the, it's just not working yeah. out in his favor. And actually, I don't even think, Orlando doesn't even have money to sign him either. They've got Biombo's signed for 17, Fournier 17, Vucevic, yeah. Terrence Ross. Vucevic. Once they re-sign Aaron Gordon, yeah, they're, they're, they're over. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just, are. That's, right. that's the reality. Maccabi Tel Aviv. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess Phoenix, he could do a reunion there, but they just traded for Alfred Payton, which we'll touch on shortly. It's... Yeah, and like he was not in love with Phoenix right? either. So yes, it's it's yeah. it's really bleak for Isaiah. It like it sucks to say that because, I mean, what he what yeah. he did with Boston last year was really incredible. I mean, it it was a phenomenal story. Oh. But like his options, yeah, I'm looking at the the available the practical cap space category on Spotrack right now. The Chicago Bulls have 41 million, but they have Chris Dunn. They have Zach Levine. Mm. No, the Sixers. No, the yeah, Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 
with depending on the Schroeder situation. The Mavericks have Dennis Smith Jr. The Kings have De'Aaron Fox. Houston Rockets are going to re-sign Chris Paul. Brooklyn Nets are going to keep D'Angelo Russell. It's just not there. There's it, the opportunity is not there unless he re-signs with the Lakers. So I, I think I have a sneaky suspicion more that we are right and that he's going to wind up taking a one-year deal, uh, a huge, big money one yeah. one-year deal if the Lakers strike out. Otherwise, in free agency, they keep their cap clean for 2019 he'll get a chance to strike gold again you know maybe he plays really well with the lakers and he gets one more big money deal in 2019 or 2020 when all these horrendous contracts are coming off the books so when we find uh danny anxious body <laughs> i say thomas name just yeah goes straight up to the primary suspect list. yeah, yeah. All right, let's quickly touch on the other teams involved. Let's go to Utah because I think that's probably the most interesting. Oh, yeah. You think Jay Crowder can bounce back at Utah? I don't think they care if he bounces back. <laughs> I mean, this it, this doesn't seem like it was an acquisition for Jay Crowder necessarily. I think they were just trying to retool the in, a process around Donovan Mitchell, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they got. They got a superstar, an mm-hmm. upcoming superstar. So what they're trying to do, I think, is just – get the right components in there. I mean, yeah. Rodney Hood and, and, and Joe Johnson plays that type of position, the wing position, takes up a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So now they got Jay Crowder in, who's primarily a defender and a spot-up shooter, mm-hmm. to sort of take get, give Mitchell more possessions, I could imagine. Um, and if Crowder delivers in that role, fine. And then you can maybe talk yourself into giving him a a fair contract without overpaying him. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, it's probably just sort of, okay, let's move on. Yeah, I don't think he was like a major, He's. I don't think he's a major part of their plan going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, he's signed to such a small deal that maybe they were like, whatever, let's just, let's yeah. see if he has anything left. I mean, you know, Quinn Snyder has the reputation He's kind of like the low-key Brad Stevens, you know, just a guy who's known for getting more out of his players than, you know, possible uh, elsewhere. Yeah. Crowder signed, I mean, $7.3 million next year, 7.8 in 2019, 2020. It's still a bargain of a deal. Good backup behind uh, Joe Ingles. I mean, he can maybe play some small ball four, depending on what happens with Derek Favors or even – you know, if, yeah, if they want to do like a Derek five favors yep. at the five, Carter could play at the four, give them more flexibility. I, I like the move for Utah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you said, more. Well, you should hate it. Why? Oh, because not because your because boy is going to be that much better. Oh, you, you know, I would be surprised if Mitchell averages less than twenty five points a game now for the rest of yeah, the year. Yeah, he's gonna. I, I wrote something today for Fansided about, or I guess this was yesterday. Um, about like the winners and losers for the fantasy basketball from the trade yeah. deadline. And I was like, Donovan Mitchell is just oh, yeah. going to light the league on Explode. fire. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, for me, I'm, I'm dicking yeah. it because I'm still on, I'm still on the Roy wagon. Yeah. Oh, I know. And if he just, if he goes, if he goes for 30 a game over the next two months, like that's yeah. it. I don't care. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, do you think at Sacramento, I don't think there's much to talk about there. They, the George Hill signing was clearly a disaster from the start. Good, I mean, it's good. Right. Darren Fox is going to take off as well. That's great. Uh, we don't even know if 
Shumpert is going to stay there. It sounds like Joe Johnson's already gone. So, mm. good. I, I guess. I, I, hope. I, do, I do have a note. Yeah. Like regarding the, the George Hill signing, because I think the, the NBA community, we kind of, like, there was, yeah, we had, there were some split opinions about George sure. Hill in Sacramento, but mostly it was well received. Like, here we have a mentor yeah. for De'Aaron yeah. Fox. We had a guy who could like be a placeholder. Like we loved it. We absolutely loved it. And this this signing just goes to show again how much chemistry and team fit and planning and team aspirations goes into how a player yep. thinks. Because when the when the Kings pivoted direction, Hill was like, What's yep. up? Like, why? I just I didn't I didn't sign here for you mm-hmm. to pivot. That's not why I'm here. And his play decreased and he, he just became disinterested. So when we gauge like trades or signings like that, we, we really need to factor in more, I believe, the mental aspect, the mental situation that a player yeah. goes into. I don't think we do that enough. So that's a mental note to the two of us also for July. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a very, very good call. Uh, at, do you think Dwayne Wade back in Miami, great story. I don't think it's going to make a material difference on their playoff hopes either way, but happy for him. I'm just happy for Alana. Yeah, that's true. I know. Yeah, yeah. He, he fans seem to be taking it well. So yeah, they were, is... they were they were just so glad. So it's, I, I was I was actually a little bit touched to see he fans uh, react to Dwayne Wade coming back. I I do think like this, unlike everyone else, like Vince Carter, who's been gone from the Raptors for what feels like forty thousand years, <laughs> right? Like. Dwayne Wade's been gone for like a year and a half is like the big return. Oh, like he, he sort of went like, on a, he took his his freshman season and half of like his sophomore season in college and dropped out and went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So, which is funny. Yeah, yeah let's I kind of dig that. Let's just agree to like forget the last year and a half of Dwayne Wade's right. career. We'll just pretend yeah. he was a Heat member for life. It's Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we got to talk about Orlando and Alfred Payton. They mm. traded him to the Phoenix Suns for a second round pick. Yep. What I mean, Payton's gonna be a restricted free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. They they've gone through multiple coaching staffs and front offices since he was drafted. Scott Skiles famously hated him and like reportedly resigned because of him. Yeah. Uh yeah. even still, like more a couple of years ago. They traded up to get him. They traded a future first round pick to move up two spots to get him. And and Sarich, right? Yeah, they like yeah, the number twelve yeah. pick which the Sixers then used on Sarich, plus yeah. an additional first rounder to move up two spots. Right. Uh I mean I always hated that. Yeah. I do not I mean, if I'm an NBA GM, I never, never draft a guy who can't shoot mm-hmm. i just don't do it and i was hesitant back then just mm-hmm. as i am now and like when we were doing like the live stream yesterday with my danish side and and this came up i was just like i became a little bit aggressive like this is what i'm saying this is what i'm talking yeah. about like, you can't fetch a good return for guys who can't shoot in particular point guards you just can't do it right I mean, look, the second-round pick is completely fine. They should just be glad, Orlando, that they're out of that situation so they avoid restricted free agency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, in, in a sense, like, if they weren't going to re-sign him, which it seems like they were not, 
it's good that they got something in return for him. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make fun of them for that. It's more just like, I, 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 that came out of, A, it came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, his name was not being bandied around in trade rumors aside from like, oh, everyone is for sale in Orlando. But uh, it's, it's just like, we're now what, six years since the Dwight Howard trade? Five or six years? And yep. like Orlando is still at square one. Yeah. They were good. Like they were on their way and then they messed it up. Yeah. Well, with the Ibaka trade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and if we look at it, the drafting of Alfred Payton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, they could have had Sarich and then I, be- I know the pick they gave up was the Sixers pick. I believe it was lottery protected. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna double check. I think it might have been the Sixers' 2017 first round pick, or it would have like eventually rolled over yeah. to be that. Which they, I mean, it was lottery protected, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah, I. Oh my god, it's so bad. They could have had Zach Levine. They could have had Joseph Nurkic, Gary Harris, Rocky Hood, well, it wasn't, Capella. I don't know if it was lottery protected. It was their 2017 first-round pick, and it's the pick that Sacramento used on De'Aaron Fox. Oh, the fifth? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, That's that's horrid. I'm trying to see. Yeah. I... I, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was... uh, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I mean... Yeah, that's not a good look. Yeah, it's just... I feel bad for you, Magic fans. I mean, it's good that they got something for him, but god damn, <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. Someone asked this on Twitter the other day: Are the Magic the most irrelevant franchise in the NBA? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like at least the, no. There's, I don't think there's any debate. Like the Kings are just like so poorly run; they're funny to watch, and like the Hawks have John Collins and Torian Prince and Mike. Budenholzer is a good coach. The Suns have Devin. Yeah, Booker. so you know they're going to turn around. Yeah, like the Magic. I mean, Frank Vogel. I I think he's a good coach. I I enjoyed him back mm. in Indiana days. It's just like I don't you know Sixers fans. I feel like I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't rub too much salt into this wound because the Magic and the Sixers were often compared to one another since really they started their rebuilds right around the same time. Uh, you know the Sixers a year after because of the Dwight Howard, Andrew Bynum trade, but mm. the magic, you know, while they were doing this, they would often sign. They sound like Ben Gordon to a multi-year deal. They send shining fried to a multi-year deal. So people would like hold them up as the example of like, look, you don't have to tank and like only play D league players. Like you can bring in some veterans. Right. And all of us were like, yeah, you can, but why? Like, what's the point? And now, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, oh, I'm not going to say that's the only reason each franchise is where it is, respectively. Like, Luck obviously played an enormous role in both. Like, the Magic got unlucky in that Victor Oladipo, they just didn't know how to use him correctly. And then they the, the Peyton acquisition just completely ruined his chances of being successful. Uh, but like, you know, they got the number two pick in the draft where there was a clear number one and that's it. Like the Sixers lucked into Ben Simmons. They lucked into Joel Embiid getting hurt. 
uh, you know, it's not it's not the only reason the magic are right. rudderless, but it's just, it's like it's all I want to say is aren't they due for a Colangelo intervention at some point? Oh yeah. But oh, I thought you said you didn't want Colangelo to go to a rebuilding team again. You wanted to No, Hank, no, I don't want Hanky. Oh no, yeah. sorry, no, sorry, that's yeah, Hanky. Yeah, yeah. That's Hanky. Colangelo, hey, get the Give me a break. I'm, he yeah. put the F out of time. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. That was that was just a, a brain fart on my behalf. Oh. Right. No, no, you're right. They they need something else. But you're looking at the roster, right? It's all just it's also all over the place. Yeah. Like they have young guys, they have like veterans in their prime. Yeah. yeah. You, they go out and spend like an insane amount of money on it on a defensive minded backup. They whiff on their draft picks. Like this again, it, it seemed like Orlando just shows how essential it is to hit on draft mm-hmm. picks. That's why I've always been a big proponent. Like if you are in a draft and you have an opportunity to give up veterans and the pick that you have to move up for a more, let's say, certain player in the draft, like a more risk uh or riskless player you do it yeah you just do it you give up you give up bets in a heartbeat to get a a young guy if that's the direction you go in because why right. not like what do you have to lose oh my god you give up Terrence Ross <laughs> right like right. doesn't oh, matter magic let's move on to another team before I just get unfathomably sad let's go to the oh actually this is not going to help that at all yeah i was just about to say that's that's not that's a bad segue right uh so yeah let's talk about the knicks i mean they got the worst possible news tuesday night when christoph porzingis tore his left acl he's obviously not only out for this season but expected to miss at least 10 months which probably puts his return at the earliest into december of the 2018-19 season but if you're just let's just say he's not going to be an all star next year. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I mean if you're just looking at both Zach Levine and Jabari Parker each tore their ACL right around this time last year. Mm-hmm. Levine made his return yeah. in mid January. Parker did at the end of January, early February. So realistically, right. we should not expect to see Kristaps Porzingis play basketball for before 2019. Um, before the trade deadline, Zinger was trying to employ the the Knicks to not be sellers at the deadline, not give away Courtney Lee and Kylo Quinn and uh, try to, you know, make a playoff push, even though they had fallen apart as of late, they lost 18 of their last 25 heading into the game where Zinger got hurt. Uh, Instead, the day after he went down, they traded Willie Hernan Gomez to the Charlotte Hornets for Johnny O'Brien, who they quickly waived plus two unprotected 20 and 22nd, 2020 and 2021 second round picks. Then on Thursday, they acquired Emmanuel Moutier from the Denver Nuggets in a three-team deal. They sent Doug McDermott out to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange. Uh, Just what are your overall thoughts about kind of the direction the Knicks took this week? I was was disappointed to see them trade Willie Hernangomez. However, he had requested a trade, so I kind of get it. I think they did him a favor, in which case that's doing him a solid the return wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. The thing was, they kind of buried his trade value. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, this the fact that they got two second rounders instead of a first rounder is all their own doing. Yep. Like if they had given him significantly more minutes this year, he would have that that trade value would have gone up. Yep. Like I'm pretty certain that he's going to go to the Hornets. He's going to start bombing threes. Ooh. So 
he's gonna look like a he's he's a good player. Yeah, he is going to to become this this. I don't I want I don't want to say star because that's gonna put a lot of pressure on it, but he's going to be a significant piece. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because the Knicks are always lacking solid pieces. It's kind of a Tyreek situation as well as in Memphis. You know, they finally get a guy that could help them out, and they're not sure really what to do with him after this year. Right. And and yeah, it's just unfortunate. So in terms of the direction that they took, I mean, they they went a little bit younger mm-hmm. and they got a lot of second round picks. And they also have the Bulls pick, uh, the Bulls second round pick from that they acquired via Oklahoma this year. So it's I mean, they have some options. They can package some of their future seconds, maybe some of their current seconds, maybe maybe acquire a later first rounder. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just gives them some flexibility. Emmanuel Moutier is taking a chance, which I'm, I kind of dig that they're taking a chance on something. I just don't, I don't think this one in particular is going to pay <laughs> sure. off because it just seems like Alfred Payton 2.0. Yeah. Um. So it's difficult. The one thing I do, I, the one thing I was like blown away by was that they, this was a deal, the, the Manuel Moutier acquisition was a deal that sort of prevented Frank Nikitilkina uh, mm-hmm. to step up and like get as many minutes as possible because I think with Kristaps going down, you just throw Frank up there and give him as many minutes as he can handle. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he fails. Yep. Like, what are you playing for anyway? Right, you're, pay- you're just playing go for out ping pong balls. Right, so go out there and give him 32 minutes a night, give him 80, 85 touches, uh, and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that seems to be the most controversial aspect of the trade. Like, yeah, they. they I mean, they gave up nothing to get Moutier. I mean, Doug McDermott's going to be a re- restricted free agent this year. They maybe they would have resigned him, but it's that's not a huge loss by any means. So, right. like, it's a good right. buy low on. Um, Moutier, who was the number seven overall pick in 2015. Like if he, right. you know, he's, he's still a bad shooter, but he's been better this year. If that's not yeah. a fluke, they might've really just gotten a steal. But yeah, as you said, Maury, mm. they just spent the number eight overall pick on a point guard who couldn't shoot. So if that means, I mean, I'm not convinced that Moutier and Frankie Smokes are necessarily compatible especially if if both of them can't shoot they're not like if if Moutier's shooting yeah. is is actually improved then maybe they could be you know maybe they could just be this like versatile switchy backcourt that can really both can handle the ball and both can be playmakers that would be interesting and i'm sure over the next yeah. 2 months they're going to try to figure out whether that's a realistic possibility but Moutier's under contract mm. through next season anyway so it's a low risk move i love it I mean, given what they give up, but it's it, you're right. I mean, there is there is a possible like mental cost on the guy who they just drafted this year, which is a consideration. Um, there. Well, he was okay with it apparently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's saying that we don't. I don't think he's going to come out to the right, media right. and be like, "What the fuck did these people just do?" You know. No, no, no. But but like, okay, so I'm going to play that card again. He's European. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we are just more inclined to to share, to sharing <laughs> like playing time and stuff like yeah. that. No, I mean, it, but again, it's the same thing. Like the, over here, it's a system. Right. Like if you play more than twenty minutes a game, like it's because you're freaking dope. Mm-hmm. So 
I think because that he's 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 from Belgium, I think you know it's or born in Belgium. Um, I just I think it's a different perspective that he comes in. That's there. fair. So I think that that could be legitimate. Yeah. Um, again, I'm 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 not trying to trash America. <laughs> what I'm trashing is the AAU system. Right. That's what I'm right. trashing because that's where the the egos just go unhinged. Yeah. That's that is a fair point. So if if he's fine with it, and if they wind up working out together. It turns out to be a great move. Either way, it doesn't seem like a huge yeah. risk. I mean, if he's truly terrible Got and incompatible, then just leave him on the bench for yeah. a year. Who cares? Yeah, uh, but they both got great size, though. Yeah. I kind of like it. Like defensively, the defensive potential is so I good. I, I I like overall, and I wrote a piece that's probably going up shortly um, at B-Ball Breakdown, just kind of about the direction the Knicks took this week. I think it's good. Like this. This Kristaps injury, even before the injury, they should not have thought of themselves as playoff contenders. When he went down, they were still right. four games behind the, th- uh, the uh, Pistons and the Sixers. Like they were not, they shouldn't have been buyers of the trade deadline. They should have done exactly what they've done. So it's yeah. like, I don't know if the injury forced them into this way of thinking or if they were going to do it mm. anyway. Like it, it is, it sucks if the injury is the reason they went down this path, but I think ultimately it will behoove them to not kind of look for these short-term fixes and continue building organically. Like if they get, you know, a top five pick in this year's draft to pair with Porzingis and Hardaway Jr. and Natilakina and maybe Moutier, like now you've got an interesting roster and a bunch of, you know, good, potentially good young players to build around like that. There is something there for the first time, frankly, since the Carmelo trade. Before that, oh uh, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is the first time you could see a plan in New York beyond let's just make the playoffs every year since you know in the past yeah. decade. So, I think it ultimately it behooves them, but it does raise one interesting question: where Kristaps is eligible for yeah. an extension this summer, what do you think they do now? Oh, I always hate those situations. I, I say I think they sack Levine. Yeah. So just let him let think, him test. Yeah, play. Restrict. I mean, they got matching yeah. rights. Right. So, um, and it, it's worth noting I mean, they would save if they signed him to an extension now, his extension would kick in right away in 2019. So it would take right. up like his cap hold is not as big as a max extension. I think his cap holds only about 17 million. So they would have 10 million or so in extra cap space to maybe get, you know, by that point, Cantor's contract comes off the books. I think Noah at that point would only have one more year left on his deal. They could probably wiggle their way into sizable cap space in the summer of 2019. So, yeah, but okay. So cap space should not be the route that the Knicks went though. Because they still have James Dolan as right. owner, yeah. I I still don't think the handing out his own CD <laughs> is going to work. You don't think it has the same effect of Pat Riley dropping his bag of rings on the table? No. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I honestly like when you talked about you know the Knicks getting a new direction and all that. The only thing I'm seeing is just, oh great, they they are pivoting to a different yeah. way to fail. This is where I'm at with the Knicks. And that's not – like I feel sorry for Knicks fans listening in because they think that I'm just crabbing on their team. No, trust me. I want right. the Knicks to be great, but their ownership is so so yeah. problematic. 
It's insane. Like that ownership is specifically hindering you from being, you know, relative or whatever you want to call it. Like, I mean, relatable even like fans are checked out. Like notice Nick's fans on Twitter. They, they have a collective level of depression and have had that for years. Like it's, it's amazing. Just, and it's not going to change because they're a cash cow. They just was ne- they were announced as the most valuable NBA franchise, and it's not going to change anytime soon. And I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the Knicks and their employees outside of James Dolan, and their fans and their players. It's just it's. I don't believe in anything that they are doing. They have to hit like a home run in the draft, and then mm-hmm. be lucky, I guess on a series series of follow-up moves which they very well might for all we know i mean they might but but then again if they like if they get a superstar this draft right and dolan is a complete douche novel i mean it it feels similar to this past summer when we thought oh the sacramento kings like they actually made some smart moves maybe they're turning it around and now look at the sacramento kings so you're right i mean yeah Ultimately, yeah. it always starts at the very top of the organization. As long as James Dolan is the owner, he could all, you know, Scott Perry can do 99 out of 100 things correctly. But if James Dolan overrules him one time, yeah. and that's the one consequential, like if Scott Perry wants to max out Kristaps and James Dolan says, no, I want to see how he is. I don't have faith in him. And Kristaps then says, all right, F you, turns around in restricted free agency and signs like a two year offer sheet just so he can become an unrestricted free agent faster. I mean, it's, you know, hmm. it's a possibility. There are pros and cons. Or just yeah, take the qualifying offer. Yeah. I mean, he could, I don't think he would do that, but yeah. Oh no, not after this and not after this injury. Oh my God. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a positive for the, maybe the Knicks right yeah. now are going, Oh, thank God. Yeah, but now I he mean, won't dare. Like he could do what oh, Gordon Hayward yeah. did with the jazz, take a three plus one. I mean, it, yeah. it, it could, yep, he could good. force his way out if they try to lowball him and don't hit him with the max that, I mean, he would yeah. prior to this injury, they would have given him a five-year max sheet uh, or a, a five-year max extension on July 1st. And he would have taken but it. Let me that keep... would have been that. Right. Oh, absolutely. But let me ask you something because the Nick you mentioned, oh, the Knicks might have cap space, right? Yeah. Is the Knicks having cap space a good thing? Because <laughs> let's look at what they've spent it on. Yeah. Joakim Noah, right. Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Come on. I mean, they spend in weird ways and have been doing so for quite a while. Yeah. Let's not lump Hardaway in with Noah. Though at least Hardaway, no, no, no. he's a That's productive fair. player. They That's overpaid fair. him. That's but, fair. Like, yeah. 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 But but yes, your point but, is but, uh, valid. Yeah. Like they have, uh, they have not spent cap space wisely. We could say over the past. Yeah, few and years. that's like I wrote a piece for B-Ball Breakdown a long time ago about how owners, poor ownership, can handicap teams. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because it seems like the teams that value cap space are routinely the ones that make big time mistakes that puts their franchise back for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Most like the Bulls, like yeah. honestly, I'm. I've, I mean, if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm nervous about all this cap space. Yeah, that's fair. Last time they had cap space, and they had like a superstar Jimmy Butler. They decided, hey, Rashawn Rondo and Dwayne Wade would be great additions <laughs> next to Jimmy Butler. Right. So, I mean, 
teams who continuously go, oh, cap space is the, the way forward, it's really not unless you have like a really healthy, and I mean really healthy foundation yep. of young players yep. and, and cost-controlled assets. Totally agree, Mark. Um, all right. Anyone else that stands out to you, either good or bad from the trade deadline? Yeah, I just crapped on him, but I mean, I got to give Chicago some credit here. I mean, the, when you look at how NBA teams just did not want to give away first-rounders mm-hmm. to get a what could become a pretty high first-rounder for Nikola Miritich, mm-hmm. that's such a huge get. Yep. Like, that's actually a ridiculous return. I, I When it happened at the time, I was like, oh, okay, no, that's good. I mean, that's decent. Uh, and, and I thought, apparently, the situation has changed. We might see more first-round draft pick change hands at the trade deadline, and a few did. Or, I mean, the Cavs sent away theirs, but it's like yeah. late 20s or mid-20s. That was it. Um, right. So, oh, that yeah, that was actually the only one. I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah. You're right. Um, or I guess the Clippers, the too, for Blake, or the Pistons for Blake Griffin. But, like, not... Oh, right. That's, that was because that was a little bit earlier. Yeah, so yeah. they got the 2018 pick, right? Yeah. But you're right. But nothing, that's, just, that's a huge nothing get. beyond those two, and the Cavs. Right, and then again, it's Nikola Miritich. Like, yeah, it's not right. Not Blake right? Griffin. So, exactly. So that's a huge get, and um, I just I gotta give him credit for that. Yeah, um, and also at least buying low on Noah Vonley. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess I think I, I mean I was I was kind of surprised by that one. I mean, I, that came out of the there's blue. no harm, right? Like, you can no, play him not. for two months, and if he sucks, you can let him go. But otherwise, yeah. I don't think the market for him is going to be enormous this summer. I mean, he hasn't, like, he fell more or less out of the, you know, and he was still mm-hmm. playing in Portland, but he wasn't playing a sizable amount. So, no, whatever, see what you have. Like, maybe he and Bobby Portis can get along together and not punch each other in the face. Or Portis punches him in the face and he becomes good. <laughs> right. Unlocks oh, no. his power. Uh, unlocks his power. But I have a question for you because when this trade was announced, I thought it was like a clear, and it was, like a salary dump yeah. for, for Portland. Yeah. They even attached cash. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of the Bulls and cash, the Bulls have actually <laughs> uh, received $5.1 million, which is the most that you can allow uh, yourself to get in a season. So the Bulls are still the financial champions. <laughs> but when you saw that trade, did you think like Portland pro- that, that that could have been a, like a second rounder attached from Portland side, like a future down the line? Because a we we, we want to get out of luxury tax, and here's the second rounder mm-hmm. to <laughs> yeah to help you entice. It could yeah. I was kind of surprised that that a second rounder wasn't attached. It could have been, but the Bulls don't value second rounders; they value cash more. Exactly. So they, they would yeah. have flipped the second rounder for cash later. Portland just saved them a step. I, that's. I mean, you're kidding, but I honestly, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like their pick. Right. What like if they had two yeah. options? You could take Noah Vonley and get cash, or you could take Noah Vonley and get in the second round, or they just went cash. Yep. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. The sentence wasn't even finished. Cash. Right. Cash. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think yeah, the Bulls. The Bulls definitely get some shouts for their their whole handling of the deadline. Aside from this potential second yeah. round pick snafu. The Pistons also yeah. not only getting Blake Griffin, but oh yeah, I, they got Jameer Nelson uh, for mm-hmm. Willie Reed, who just got suspended for six games for a domestic violence 
uh, incident. Yeah. And the Bulls get to swap 2022 second round picks with them. But, you know, Reggie Jackson's probably not going to be back till early March, it sounds like. So now they have a decent backup for Ish Smith. They also brought in mm. James Ennis from the Grizzlies for Bryce Johnson and a yep. 2022 second round pick. Like, the Pistons made moves. I'm worried. They did. Because they were the main competitor with the Sixers for that number eight seed. And now it feels like, you know, the Sixers didn't do anything and the Pistons made major upgrades. So I, I feel like the Pistons are a playoff team now. Yeah. Well, the Phillies should be in the lottery because that's what you guys do. And then you draft a guy <laughs> who misses a year, maybe two. Uh, maybe he has this, like a shoulder thing, uh-huh. which is weird. And they don't explain. Yep. And yeah, it's so yep. weird. Oh, that that, that is that is the Philly. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So shouts to the Pistons. Uh, anyone stand out more as a loser from the deadline? I mean, when the Brooklyn, when you trade Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> I know. No. R.I.P. to the Rashad Vaughn era in Brooklyn. It lasted a whole. Yeah, uh, I was. I was hopeful. Yeah. Was like three days. Yeah, yeah good I think three so. days. Look. Um, Losers? No, I mean, it seems like it. It, it was pretty logical. Oh, trade deadline. Did you catch my drift? Like, one. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I. I get not wanting to break up with Marcus All. I think it's. I, I mean, I think it was a mistake. But I. I understand he's mm. your French franchise center. It would, you know, this this season's been bad enough already. You lost Zebo and Tony Allen last year, and fans are still reeling from that. So giving up Marcus All was a non-starter for Memphis all year. It sounds like, and they didn't budget the deadline. But Tyreek Evans mm. is going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. We've talked about him, right? What they're only going to have the mid-level to re-sign him, which every other team is also going to have. I mean, maybe Tyreek right. Evans genuinely enjoys his time in Memphis. Maybe he's grateful that he's kind of resurrected his career there and he'll take that money. But he played there in college. He did. Uh, yeah. So, like, maybe he really likes Memphis, in which case, fine. But then why are you resigning? Like, what just what is the effing plan, Memphis? It sounds like they really just hold, held firm at wanting a first round pick for a yeah. rental because they saw the wizards give up a first rounder for Poyan Bogdanovich last year. So they figured, well, Terry yeah. Evans is better. Give us, give it up. And, <laughs> and it sounds, I think I they, mean, they reportedly got yeah. offers of two second round picks or like a second round mm-hmm. pick and a young player. And they said, no, we just want a first round pick. I think they did what the clips did with Lou. But the Clips re-signed Lou, at least. At least you know who, who's going to be there for the next couple of years. I know, but I think they kind of – look, as we know, we talked about this before. You know, the NBA talks yeah. even before. Like, rules are broken constantly. Uh-huh. So I do think that Memphis has some sort of inside track on Tyreek. Otherwise, I think they would have moved yeah. him. I think they went to Tyreek and just kind of his agent gone, you know what, we, we, we really like Tyreek. We're not getting the deals that we want if we should move him. So would you guys be interested in sticking around? And if that answer was, yeah, sure. I mean, we can work, work something out. Like agents know the cap story. Yeah. They know what's That's going true. on. Um, and and then maybe they can, they just do what the Cliffs did. I mean, re-sign 
uh, Evans and then try to flip him later because let's agree, Lou Williams, I mean, they this was a Blake Griffin move part yeah, two. Oh, yeah. They re-signed him to right. trade him. So the same thing is probably going to go on with Tyreek unless something weird happens next year where Mike Conley comes back, Gasol uh, is suddenly like the third option, and Tyreek is continuing his strong play. And hey, who knows? Maybe Memphis's big three, and I put that in, in quotation marks, uh, make some yeah, noise. It's it's possible. I, yeah, Lou can't be traded for six months after signing the extension. But yes, it's. I would venture yeah. to say he's not going to be long for the Clippers in a year or two. He's trade uh, trade deadline fodder next yeah. year as well. If he's not, yeah, he definitely that. is. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I I get, I I understand Memphis's rationale, but I could not disagree yeah. with it more. So they would be. I get if, that. I mean, you're right. Otherwise, it was no one made like an egregious error. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have major reservations. Like, I guess the magic, but that's not even egregious. That like, that's just fixing a mistake from four years that's ago. Just magic. Yeah. So yeah, it was like a yeah. a uh, relatively logical trade deadline. I won't call it sane because the Cavaliers, anyone who was working in the NBA <laughs> yesterday or working at a major sports website, those four hours after the Cavaliers wreaked havoc, were just some of the most chaotic you've ever worked. So the Cavaliers owe like a fruit basket to everyone. Anyone at Bleacher Report and ESPN and CBS, <laughs> like all of us were dying. Thank you, Cavs. But not Fox right. Sports. Well, they were just, they were just on video. They, they weren't. Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, Mort, before you go back to gallivanting in London, hit me with your crush of the week. Okay, so I have a weird crust this one okay. because this is a future crust. I'm actually I'm putting the crush on here before it happens. Ooh, interesting. I'm crushing on Jimmy Butler's return to Chicago <laughs> and I'm already now predicting that he's gonna murder the ball straight up with like forty or fifty points. Yep. So my crush is the game that Jimmy Butler has not played yet, <laughs> but he will play tonight, where he just annihilates everyone in Chicago and leaves Chicago as a sort of waste dump Love it. because yeah, that's that. And also got to give him credit, right? Boach and Shams bait. Also like you gotta, gotta throw a little bit of crush their way. for their Oh yeah. Well, did you see a lot of, I guess Woj was breaking like, well, I mean, first of all, shout out to Kevin O'Connor of the ringer. He's the one who actually broke the terms of the Isaiah Thomas trade first, which was ob- that's true. obviously the biggest deal of the day, but uh, I think it was like awful announcing had a story today where like they compared the time of the tweets from Woj and Shams and Woj just had like all of the big ones. Shams had like the minor, like Bruno Caboclo yeah. and Malachi Richardson swap. Meanwhile, Woj is like, Oh, by the way, Rodney Hood just got traded. By the way, Isaiah Thomas just got yeah. traded. <laughs> so there's a, there's a gif of Woj dunking on Shams, which is brutal, but yes. Oh, that's evil. Yeah. But you're right. Shout out to um, both oh, of them. Oh, Shout out to Mark Deeks, who actually broke Lou Williams' uh, contract. True, yeah. Because a lot of people thought that Shams uh, did that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Deeks. but Deeks was first. Yep, yeah. yep, shout out to that as well. Yeah, just shouts to like all NBA writers, reporters, editors, anyone dealing with this this week. It has been, mm. I mean, it's it's a ridiculously busy time every year, and you don't remember how wild it gets until afterward. Yeah. But 
you know, if, if you if you see a mistake in someone's work this week, understand why they were under an enormous yeah. amount of pressure to put something <laughs> out immediately. Uh, so oh, yeah. just have be nice, have mercy, everyone. And also, by the way, shout out to Deeks for actually just—he slept four hours and still met us for lunch today. Nice, wow, that, what yeah, a guy. like four hours. Yeah, I was like four hours. Like we can reschedule. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Let's meet up. I was like, that's okay. deadline okay. time, man. That's, I was up till three yeah, a.m. last yeah, I, night writing about fantasy basketball in the Knicks, and my my wife probably woke up an hour later. Like, what? What are you doing with your life? Which is a fair question. Yeah. Uh, I get that basically <laughs> daily. Yeah. I'm going to cheat again, Mort, and I promise I'm going back to NBA for my crush next time around. But a week where Ooh. the Eagles win the Super Bowl, one more shout out, not only to the Eagles as an organization, but to Jason Kelsey. Mort, I don't know if you have seen this speech that he delivered. I've seen him trend, but I haven't seen the <laughs> oh speech. God. I don't know what it's all about. Please Google it afterward. I'll give you two previews. One... In Philly, mm-hmm. on New Year's Day, we have something called the Mummer's Day Parade, which is people just dressing up in these ridiculous outfits. So Jason Kelsey, this six foot three, 300-pound mountain of a man, wore a Mummer's outfit all day yesterday, uh, walking down the street, like high-fiving vans, and gives his he gave a five-minute speech, which I would argue rivals any speech in sports history in terms of how great it was. It straight out of like a WWF promo from back in the day. He even did like the little yeah. stone cold Steve Austin, give me a hell yeah. And then the fans started shouting what after a while. Uh, so he's got a second career there, but he also taught me a new song um, <laughs> at the end, which he was, he was doing this like in the streets, which I saw earlier in the day. But then at the end of his speech, he starts singing a song to the tune of Oh My Darling Clementine. That is, no one likes us, no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care. We're from Philly, effing Philly, no one likes us, we don't care. And he got the entire crowd of two million people to start singing that song with him. It was, oh my God. Oh, so he's like, he just bought himself like eternal love and and a second and third career in Philly if you want to. He's really, yeah. Like, I'm not sure who we're going to build a statue for first, if it's going to be Jason Kelsey or if it's going to be Nick Foles, who is a Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) It might be both of them hugging because it was just, it was true perfection. Just shout out to Philly in general for having a, a hell of a time yesterday. And only two people got stabbed during the parade, which is a... Wow. I know. Good job. Way to go, Philly. Way to mostly yeah. stay safe. <laughs> yeah, just two people. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I know. Yeah. Good good work. Yeah, that's 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 America. Just two people are stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Out of two million. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh all right, Mort. I'm gonna let you go. Enjoy London. I wanna thank everyone for joining us. Sorry we didn't get this out yesterday, but Mort was traveling, and I was working, unfortunately. So we, we needed a day to really process our thoughts about all of these trades. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Please follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with the Z. 
Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and as always, I was joined by Morton Jensen. Enjoy London, Mort. Thanks, man. <laughs>